HVAC 360, episode number four, RCOM specifications. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. Today, we are going to be talking with Mike King of Arcom Master Specs. Um, Mike uh, was gracious enough to take a little time out of his schedule to talk with us about the specification system that Arcom has developed. Now, the reason I kind of wanted to get to uh, this episode um, that I uh, recorded from the HR Expo floor in 2010 was um, uh, specifications are very important in the whole process. They're an often neglected part of the uh, design process and I think everybody really can benefit from a good set of master specifications. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about it after the interview uh, but I just wanted to kind of give you some feedback and some um, some information. If you're not familiar with Arcom, definitely a uh, a great set of uh, specifications to uh, start off with. So, without any further ado, here is Mike King. We're on the floor of the HR Expo 2010 here in Orlando, Florida. I'm talking with Mike King of Arcom. Master Systems, and uh, Mike, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Master Systems, uh, Arcom, and and what it means to a design engineer? Well, Arcom is a uh, is a privately held company that that uh, maintains and fulfills Master Spec, which is a product of the American Institute of Architects. Um, master Spec is a a master guide specifications that is used by engineers and architects to create their project specifications. Uh, we create master spec as a, an inclusive, comprehensive set of specification sections uh, that have all the options and alternatives uh, that an engineer might need for projects ranging from high-end residential to um, hospitals, detention facilities, laboratories, uh, from the very simple to the very complex projects. Um, and in addition to the guide specifications um, that, uh, uh, that an engineer would edit for their project specifications, each section comes with a, uh, what we call supporting documents, one of which is a research paper on the subject which talks about the, the subject matter of the section. It gives the engineer some guidance on product selection, product application, um, what manufacturers make those products, what standards apply to those products and activities, uh, and gives them enough information that they can make intelligent decisions when editing the section for a project. Each section has all of that information along with a drawing coordination checklist and a specification coordination checklist. So it's a wealth of information that is at the fingertips of the engineer while they're editing their specifications 
for a project. Right, and I, you know, I've actually used the specifications, and that I would I would tend to agree wholeheartedly that you know if you don't know about any particular subject, that's a great place to start to be able to kind of dig into that, find out what codes are relevant, uh, what sort of products, even even the manufacturers, um, you know, what's what's the it's not definitely not a definitive list of, of who sells what out there, but it it's, it definitely gives you a good starting point as to manufacturers to possibly consider. Right. Now, when making the, uh, the, the specification sections, who's, who's really in charge of um, editing them or, you know, I mean, who, who writes them? Well, ARCOM has a staff of full-time specification writers and researchers and, and professional editors, and we also have a stable of consulting engineers and consulting architects who contribute to the research and writing of mattress work. The, the, the uh, research and writing is done in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, myself, along with a, a colleague, uh, are responsible for the content and for the production of the, in, in the, the writing and research uh, of the sections. And um, he's responsible for the architectural structural civil, and I'm, restru- I'm responsible for the mechanical and electrical uh, specifications. And in addition to that, we have, uh, and we're pretty exclusive, and we are exclusive in this uh, feature, we have a peer review process. We have practicing engineers and architects from all across the country who come together four times a year for two-day meetings, and they are they come prepared to review and, and critique sections that are scheduled to be updated. So they bring the real-world experience to the table. They they are prepared to talk about uh, what what new standards and codes apply, what new products there are, what new construction trends are, are there are in in, uh, in their industry and their experiences. Uh, they come prepared to talk about how difficult the section might have been to edit for a project, and they come prepared to talk about how difficult the section might have been to enforce during construction. All of these and a lot more are are talked about during the review. They note that uh, some manufacturers have gone away and some new, new guys, new kids on the block, what new products there are out there. And so we frequently will will uh, continue to expand the content of a section, and sometimes we decide that uh, the expansion is such that we need to separate that section into multiple sections to make them easier to edit. And so that's... Um, but that's that's our real touchstone with with the industry. We 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 do this full time. This is all we do. We don't design projects. We only maintain this master and expand this master. And so that's our our touchstone with reality. So how often does does a section get reviewed? It, in our traditional updating um, process, uh, we work our way through the entire library. I have about 260 mechanical electrical sections. And we work our way through that library on a, a three to four year cycle. But we are now we've now implemented a new process whereby we can do global changes throughout the library uh, on a more frequent and, and uh, an ad hoc basis. So when there is a change in the industry, we can respond to that wherever it occurs and however many sections that occurs in. Uh, and uh, for example, when when the National Electrical Code is updated every three years we can go through and make whatever changes are necessary to bring the the, uh, library in compliance. We just finished a project whereby we updated the entire master spec library to comply with the latest lead rating system. 
and uh, that's published by U.S. Green Building Council. So the, there, there's, the answer is, is uh, complex. We have a traditional updating process where we literally take sections apart and put them back together, and that's on a three to four year cycle. But we maintain the entire library for, to, to keep pace with the industry. Now, as far as, uh, say, an engineer has, has a particular beef or gripe, or they, they say, you know what, this section isn't that great, is there a, an avenue that they can actually give some feedback to our com to say, hey, you know, I, 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 um, I question this one specific item? Yes, there, there are several paths for, the, for that to take. They can, they can log on to our website, and there, there's a place to navigate to, to a location where they can deposit a, uh, a comment uh, and and be very specific about it. Or they could actually make a phone call and be connected to either my, my colleague, uh, Paul Brosnahan, for the architectural side, or myself. And, and if we can't answer the questions, we put them in touch with the actual person who did the research and writing of the section to answer their questions. Okay, so they, if they do have questions, you know, above, above and beyond, you know, uh, items that they disagree with, they can actually get in touch and get real answers. Absolutely. We have two, two types of, of help. We have technical support for our software and specification support for the content. Okay. Now, as far as the, the lead uh, the lead system goes, I know one of the new products that you're uh, you're promoting here at uh, at uh, HR Expo 2010 is the uh, the green spec. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? We have a, we have a book that we sell that is specifying for lead, uh, and and it's it's mainly for. Uh, people who don't use master spec, maybe they have an office master or some uh, homegrown master specification, and it tells them section by section what requirements they need to add and where to add them uh, for uh, to, to comply with U.S. Green Building Council's lead rating system and to uh, to comply to uh, to comply with the prerequisites and, and qualify for credits. Um, that information was extracted from master spec, so. Uh, person who purchases MasterSpec and uses it on their project has all that information already embedded in MasterSpec. And the book that we're selling and the CD that comes with it is an extraction from MasterSpec for those who, who don't use MasterSpec, haven't, haven't decided to go with MasterSpec yet, and can capitalize from the, uh, the experience that we've had in, in creating that. Now, as, as far as the, the process goes of, say, you know what, I, I really like Master Spec, I want to I wanna go ahead and purchase it, what, what can the end user expect as far as deliverables from Master Spec? I mean, how many, how many times do you get updates, um, you know? Well, they get an initial package uh, that contains uh, all of the, um, the, light, the, the specification sections that they've decided to license, and we tailor the package to their practice so they don't get sections that they don't need. And they get software along with that. There is software that comes free with MasterSpec that contains utilities to make their specification writing process more automated. Uh, it's embedded in Word or WordPerfect, and, and it provides utilities to turn their Word processor into a more of a specification processor. And, and there are utilities for when they're working on all of the sections in their project manual. It allows them to create headers and footers one time, and it puts it on all the sections. It will create a table of contents. It will actually create a submittal log out of the finished project manual so that, and puts it in the same format as the submittal logs that they can get from the AIA. And 
the um, the updates then are distributed um, via download from our website, and every quarter we send out a notice that the update's ready with a uh, with a link to go directly to the page. They log in with their license number and download the sections uh, that they're licensed that have been updated, or they can download the entire library all over again if they wish. Yeah. Now you you talked about you know customizing what they what they purchase and obviously if you're if you're a mechanical or you're mechanical electrical you can get just those sections and there is as as from my understanding I guess the the basic version and then you can go and buy supplemental uh, sections based on the you know really what you need and a lot of those uh, correct me if I'm wrong but those are more uh, tailored to um, uncommon systems that are a little bit more technical that's right there's um, um in addition to tailoring it to the particular practice, whether it be a uh, consulting engineering firm that has all MEP uh, disciplines or if you're just an electrical engineer or a, a mechanical engineer and you just do HVAC design, you can buy a package of sections that that is tailored for that particular practice. And we have a basic library that contains all of the sections that you would use, uh, you would need on projects, uh, that um, uh, are anywhere from simple to complex. But we keep that basic package narrowed to those systems and and equipment that are most frequently used, that are used 80% of the time on most projects. To give you an example, there are six different chiller specification sections in the ME library. There's the scroll chillers and the centrifugal chillers and 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 then then there is uh, among them is those that are very infrequently used, which are absorption chillers. And so we we have the the reciprocating the scroll and the rotary screw and the centrifugal chillers in the basic library because they're the most frequently used on most projects across the country. In the expanded library, we also include the there are two different kinds of of uh, the uh, absorption chillers because those are used in huge huge facilities and they're very infrequently used. Uh, maybe you, they're used typically when there's a steam plant, like in a big major hospital or university, and they're using the steam to also generate cooling. Right now, as far as uh, I know, that there's there's additional software you can buy in addition to this it's, it's more of a, a Q&A I think it's called links is yeah. it yes can you explain a little bit more about that well I equate I, I equate links uh, to specification writing much like uh, and this since this tax season is coming up much like uh, uh, using TurboTax to do your taxes uh, in in uh, in links what is it's like having a spec writer sitting on your shoulder asking you what's in the project. And once you tell him, okay, I've got a centrifugal chiller or I've got a, a cast iron boiler, he'll start asking other questions based on your cho- your answer. So if you say, I've got a cast iron boiler on this project, he'll say, okay, is this a, a factory assembled or a field assembled cast iron boiler? Is it a gas fired boiler, oil fired boiler, or a combination boiler? Does it generate steam or just hot water? And as you answer those questions, it will lead you down a path of questions. And if you say that it is a hot water boiler as opposed to a steam boiler, you'll not see any more questions about steam. And it will focus the questions. So the questions are linked to the content. And as you answer the questions, 
it's operating on the content. And you can actually watch that happen as you're answering the questions. And so questions are linked to the content, they're linked to answers, they're linked to other questions, and the answers are linked to other answers. And so it's it, we spend a lot of time after we update sections to go in and with programmers actually make internal linkages to the content. And the internal linkages to the content, in addition to being linked to those questions, are the contents linked to each other. So we have we have structural linkage that says that a subparagraph belongs to paragraphs. You know, multiple subparagraphs belong to a paragraph. Paragraphs belong to an article. Articles belong to a part. So if you if you delete the upper level, if you delete the parent, the children go away. If you delete all of the children, the parent goes away. And so. Uh, in in in, for, in the hierarchical structure of a of a, uh, of a of a section. Also, if you delete a product in part two that has unique installation requirements in part three, the, if you delete the product, the installation requirements will go away. So there, that's the semantic linkage. Uh, so if there's a product in part two that that you don't want in the project. You delete that. Its installation requirements go away, its submittal requirements go away in part one, any quality assurance that may be associated with that goes away, and so forth. So it's uh, it's like it's like doing taxes with TurboTax. TurboTax asks you questions, you plug in answers, and you plug in quantities or, or uh, and, and dollar amounts, and it fills out your tax form for you. In links, you answer questions, it sends you down a path of questions, and it edits the section in the background for you. And, and it gets you, it will take you, the questions will take you 80 to 85% of the way to completion. And then you have to do some fine tuning after you're finished with that. Now, as far as the, the, the basic numbering of the sections, there, excuse me, there is a uh, uh, division uh, or, or the old numbering system and then the new numbering system. Uh, no old numbering system, mechanical would be division 15, electrical would be division 16, and now they're using uh, you know 23 and division 26 respectively. Yes. Um, are you still supporting that old uh, numbering system? We are. Uh, we are because there are many of our licensed users of MasterSpec who are still required to use the old numbering scheme by their clients. And we're trying to transition people over to the new numbering scheme so that we can eventually discontinue the old numbering scheme. And, and the reason for that is, is that the old numbering scheme is very limited in its, in its uh, ability to uh, hold all of the new uh, construction trends and, and construction activities that have just exploded in the last several years. The, the numbering scheme is limited in its ability, and it's already was it was overfilled back in the 90s, and it's it's just we're just running out of numbers as we run as we need to create new sections to handle new technology like chilled beams and photovoltaics and things like that. We're we're actually running out of section numbers to assign to that to that subject matter, and so when when the CSI Construction Specifications Institute updated master format and master format is the master list of numbers and titles it doesn't have any specification content it's just the numbers and titles it's, it's a classification system master spec uses that classification system to assign numbers and titles to the content that we that our com writes and so uh, as as we transition as we have transitioned and we now offer it in both numbering schemes, 
the content is identical. The only thing that is different is the address on the section and the cross-referencing within the section. So we're trying to, con to, to make it easy for our existing customers who are using the old numbering scheme to transition to the new numbering scheme. And we've even offered uh, and, and do offer training uh, for those who are having difficulty with that transition. But until, our, until all of our customers move over, we will continue to, to support them in the old numbering scheme. Right now, we're at a, at a, at a rate where about 90% of our customers are using the new numbering scheme for at least some of their projects. But, uh, but uh, at least 50% of our customers are still using the old numbering scheme on some of their projects, and a few of those are using the old numbering scheme on all of their projects. Mm -hmm. Now, just talk about uh, the, the basics of editing a section. You take a you take a you take a section uh, a specification section. How, do, how what's the best way for for an engineer to to edit a section? Is there a particular method that he should he should use? Or uh, it really depends on the section. We have sections that specify. Uh, basic materials, and we have sections that specify systems that have most of the components of that system in it. And then we have other sections that specify major pieces of equipment, like the chillers and boilers and cooling towers that I was talking about. If you're specifying a major piece of equipment, like a, like a, a boiler, a cooling tower, or a chiller, you start basically in part two and you start selecting the, the boiler or chiller type and then picking among the options and alternatives to make to to make the description fit the actual requirements for the project, um, and then you go into part three for execution and and the specific and unique installation requirements for what resulted in your editing in part two, and you go into then part one and you deal with the submittal requirements and and things like that. If it's a system uh, like a piping system. Many times you end up starting at the very end of the section, which is where this piping schedule is, and you identify the various applications for that for that piping system. It's the various pipe sizes that are going to require, be required on the project, the locations where the piping systems have to be uh, exist, and particularly based on the piping size, for example, you may want to say for this size pipe, I want to use copper, and for this size pipe, I want to use steel. And once you've made those decisions for the applications, then you can go back and delete the, the pipe materials and joining methods that are specified in part two uh, for, those, uh, system, for those materials and methods that you no longer need. And so it depends on the system. It depends on the, on the subject matter, where, where you start. It's, it's, it's rare that you start at the first page and work your way to the last page. Unless you're a very experienced spec writer and you're very familiar with the content and you know ahead of time what, you, what you're going to be doing. So what's what's coming up new for uh, for our company in the future? I mean, what any anything on the anything on the horizon right now? Well, there's a lot of things that are new uh, coming out of Arcom right now. We're uh, as I as I said, we just updated for for the latest lead uh, rating system. We're working on a on a, 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 a library of sections in in in, uh, in mechanical electrical that we're probably going to call uh, carbon neutral or net zero which are those kinds of sections that an engineer would need if they're really trying to, to, to design a, a net zero energy building. 
things like photovoltaics, solar panels, thermal storage, uh, uh, en energy exchange systems, uh, and, and those kinds of things. There's a, uh, a whole list of sections that are under development right now that we'll be, that we'll be issuing uh, in the second, third quarter of this year. And um, that's a very exciting development. We're also coming out with some new software, the next generation of our Lynx program. Uh, uh, and, and we are constantly in, in embellishing our, our Masterworks program uh, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and there's some exciting new uh, uh, things coming out uh, for manufacturers as well. And, and as you know, that or maybe you don't know, and we do list manufacturers in master's law, but we don't charge we don't charge manufacturers to be listed. We maintain the same relationship with manufacturers as an engineer would maintain on their project specifications. So there's no collaboration, there's no uh, collusion there to be listed in a master spec. We list manufacturers that we are aware of as we're updating the sections who make the products that we're that we're describing. It's up to the the engineer who is using this master spec to purge that list once they've edited the section because depending on how they've edited the section some of those manufacturers may no longer have a product that complies with those requirements so they have to go through and, and delete those manufacturers and so we've got some new programs coming out that will also enhance the manufacturer's ability to uh, to input content uh, to ARCOM to, to, uh, to improve the quality of specifications. All right. Well, I appreciate you sitting down and taking the time with me, Mike. And uh, I guess from uh, the floor of the AHR Expo. And uh, we'll catch you in a little bit. Great. Thanks, man. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Mike King. I'd like to uh, thank him again for taking his valuable time out of his schedule to, uh, to talk with us. Uh, at the HR Expo and tell us a little bit more about ARCOM and the master systems and master specs. Now, I think the one thing that I really kind of I want to highlight because I think it's so important, the whole ARCOM master spec uh, really is a, a great tool, but one of the undervalued pieces of that really is that supplemental documentation. I mean, if you, if you don't have any idea about valves or insula insulation uh, or, or different products, um, and you know, granted, I haven't I haven't looked at all the products, mostly the mechanical products, but really they they have a a, a great resource there for you to kind of uh, dig in as as a point of departure for any sort of investigation that you'd really want to know about, and and you really frankly that you should want to know about uh, because they're your specifications. Uh, or your, there's the specifications that you're using at the time. So you really want to know your specifications. I, I, I could get into this so much more uh, than I am now, but I just want to limit the uh, kind of the length of this, keep it to a, just about a half an hour. So I'm going to save that for another episode, and uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expound upon the importance of doing specifications right. So um, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna end this show. Uh, again, I wanted to thank you for listening. Uh, you're one of uh, you're very valuable, and I'd love to hear any feedback that you may have about the show, uh, or any topics that you'd like to hear in the future. Anybody that you'd love to hear interviewed, um, I'm lining up a couple of uh, different interviews for the future, uh, future couple episodes. So, um, again, uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, you can look me up there. Until next time, know what you build.
and share what you know. 